Old Radio Listening Society, a podcast dedicated to suspense, crime, and horror stories from the golden age of radio. I'm Eric. I'm Tim. And I'm Joshua. We love mysterious old-time radio stories, but do they stand the test of time? That's what we're here to find out. Last year, to celebrate the anniversary of our debut, Joshua dedicated two weeks of the podcast to give Eric and I gift episodes, productions curated to specifically cater to our individual tastes. This year, I wanted to take up the challenge and return the favor. I missed our anniversary, but it's not too late to offer up my selections as Christmas gifts. First up is the episode I chose as a gift for Eric, the ghost locomotive from The Mysterious Traveler. The Mysterious Traveler ran for nine years on the Mutual Broadcasting Network from December 1943 to September of 1952. The show is created, written, and directed by Robert Arthur and David Kogan. The duo utilized a variety of genres from episode to episode, including horror, crime, and science fiction. Listeners tuned in each week, never sure what kind of story the mysterious traveler would tell. The program opened with the mournful wail of a distant train whistle, followed by the sardonic voice of the mysterious traveler, who narrated each story as if he were speaking to a fellow passenger on the train. The Mysterious Traveler was played by radio veteran Maurice Tarplin, who also played Winston Churchill on The March of Time, Hercule Poirot on Murder Clinic, Inspector Faraday on Boston Blackie, and the titular host on Arthur and Cogan's other anthology series, The Strange Dr. Weird. This week's story was produced twice during the run of The Mysterious Traveler, initially in 1947 and again in 1949. For Eric's holiday treat, I chose the original broadcast. So sit back and get a grip on your nerves because it's time to hear The Ghost Locomotive, originally broadcast July 6th, 1947. It's late at night and a chill has set in. You're alone and the only light you see is coming from an antique radio. Listen to the sounds coming from the speaker. Listen to the music and listen to the voices. Mutual presents The Mysterious Traveler. This is The Mysterious Traveler, inviting you to join me on another journey into the realm of the strange and the terrifying. I hope you will enjoy the trip, and it will thrill you a little and chill you a little. So settle back, get a good grip on your nerves, and be comfortable, if you can. For in a few moments, you're going to meet a ghost, the strangest phantom that you ever heard of. But first, I want you to be my guest on a little train ride. We're running at 60 miles an hour on open track in the dead of night. Now we thunder through a sleeping village. Then beyond it, we plunge into the waiting mouth of a tunnel. We race through the tunnel and into the open again. Over a trestle and on into the night. A little world of our own, rushing forward resistlessly, a symbol of power and speed and life. 
Yes, trains do have a life of their own, as you'll see in the unusual ghost story that I call... The Locomotive Ghost. My story starts some years ago in a hilly region of western Pennsylvania. It's almost midnight, and two men laden down with several handbags are moving cautiously over the rough ground beneath a railroad trestle. They come to a spot beneath one end of it, and there in the darkness, they stop and turn on a flashlight. All right, we can sit down and rest now. Are you sure this is the right spot? Of course I'm sure. This is the loading spot. It branches off at a mine entrance. Main line's over there, about 100 yards away. How, uh, how long do you think we'll have to wait? Five or ten minutes. These mine trains don't run in a minute the way they do out in the main line. Suppose uh, the money isn't on the mine train. They might have changed their plans. It'll be on it. Those miners are waiting for their pay, and the treasurer's bringing it himself. Plus bonus money and cash for operating the expenses. Big haul, my friend. Two hundred thousand dollars. Two hundred thousand dollars? That's a lot of dough, but... But what? You're getting cold feet? No, no, of course not, but... Well, they'll be killed, won't they? The crew on the train? Forget it. I thought you were turning soft on me now after I spilled the whole plan to you. No, Joe, I'm not turning soft. Joe. What is it? I I heard a noise then. Over there. It's just your imagination. Oh, you're right. Somebody's coming. Keep the light steady. I got my gun handy. Who could it be? It's probably just a bum. They often sleep under this trestle. All right, you step where you are. It's only me, boys. Just old Boomer. Who? Old Boomer, that's all. Looking for a place to bunk. Howdy, boys. It's okay, Tom. I heard of this guy. So you're old Boomer, huh? The one they call the king of the bums? Uh, not the king, son. Just the traveling swat of them all. Fifty years I've been riding the rods, and I guess I've covered a million miles of track. Mind if I sit down here? Got a kind of ache in my bones. Sit down if you want to. Uh, thanks, son. Say, uh, you fellas ain't bums. You're dressed too good. Never mind about us. Curiosity ain't healthy. <laughs> Old Boomer never fights with anybody. Live and let live's his motto. Listen, here comes number 25. It's mighty fine train, 25. Got a 16-wheel Mikado engine, can pull 20 cars a day on a level track. He's uh, 50 seconds late tonight. Do you know every train on the tracks? Uh, pretty near, son, pretty near. I ain't rode them all. I rode them all, I mean, from the Lackawanna to the Santa Fe. There ain't much about trains I don't know. Say, uh, you fellas wouldn't have a little nip handy to take the chill out of an old man's bones. No, we ain't got a little nip handy. Oh, sure, son. There's no harm in asking. <laughs> yeah. There's the 25 passing mines, Bill, now. Ain't that whistle far off in the night a sweet, mournful sound, though? Yeah, it is kind of mournful. Sounds are far off and ghostly, don't it? Well, sometimes it is a ghost you hear, not a real train at all. What are you talking about? I'm just saying that sometimes when you hear a train whistling far off and mournful in the night, it ain't a real train at all. It's a ghost train. Ghost train? It's a lot of hooey. Uh, you just think so because you're young and don't know better. But old Boomer can tell you there's ghost trains and plenty of them. They're the ghosts of trains that died in wrecks. Anything as live as a train... 
bound to have a ghost live on after All right, can the chatter. You hurt my ears. Well, let him talk, Joe. It helps pass the time. All right, but if you ask me, he's spotting a lot of bush water. Go on, Boomer. What were you saying about trains having ghosts? Well, I've seen them many times. Running the tracks with all the lights out, gone faster than the wind. Not a sound coming from them. I've seen the Heavenly Express, too, a couple times. What's the Heavenly Express? It's a special train, son. It's on the earth to heaven run. Travels a million miles a minute when it gets up speed. Takes the souls of railroad men from this world to the next. It always passes by when a wreck's gonna happen. That's enough talk. I'm sick of listening to you. All right, son. You don't believe me, but I know what I know. I can... Oh, I believe. I hear it coming. I hear it coming now. Hear what coming? The Heavenly Express. It's coming down this track. Listen. I don't hear anything. There's nothing to hear. Passing right by overhead. Now it's slow. It's going to stop. It's never stopped before. That, that means Rex's going to be here. Joe, he knows. That's it. That's what you're here for. You're going to wreck that mine train. Hear that, old man? That's a mine train turning into this spur. You're right, we're going to wreck it. No, you can't. You mustn't. But before we do, we got to take care of you. And this is how we're going to do it. <coughs> you shot him. I guess the Heavenly Express stopped for me, too. I sure hope so. But you fellas, it'll punish you. It'll follow you, sure as I'm laying here. Oh, follow us. What are you talking about? The judgment special. It punishes fellas that wreck trains on purpose. It runs any place has tracks. And it follows them until it gets them. One way or another. Because murdering a train is like murdering a man. you got to pay for it. And you'll pay for it. You think I'm crazy, but you'll see. You'll see. Yeah, that shut him up. Crazy old coot. I wish you hadn't killed him, Joe. Don't be a sap. Couldn't let him live to tell what he knew, could I? No, no, of course not. Listen, I hear the mine train coming. We just got time to get ready now. Put the suitcase with the dynamite against the trestle here. That's it. Now, come on, help me unroll a wire. Yeah, yeah, sure, Joe. Anything you say. That's it. Keep coming. Right. You gotta get plenty far away. Hit a train now? Yeah, I hear it. I can see the headlight, too. Look how bright it is. Okay, this is far enough. Take me just a second to hitch up the detonator. There it is. Now we're all ready. It's on the trestle now. Almost halfway across. What's the matter? You sound shaky. Listen, Tom, you're in this now, and it's too late to back out, you hear? Yeah, I know. It's, it's almost across. All right, then I'll close the detonator. Now. There she goes. Three hours later, the two men, Joe Malone and Tom Henderson, were driving eastward through the night, far from the scene of the train wreck. Between them on the seat was a large handbag, and Joe Malone at the wheel patted it lovingly. Two hundred thousand bucks. <laughs> you realize that, Tom? We got two hundred thousand bucks riding here between us. Yeah. Yeah, I know. What's the matter? You don't sound very happy about it. Sure I am. It's just... Just what? Well, I can't help remembering the crash when the mine train went to the ravine. The way the whistle kept 
screaming, just like the locomotive was something alive that was being killed. For Pete's sake, the whistle valve got stuck when the engine crashed, that's all. Sure, I know that, only... Well, I just can't up remembering it. Joe, the crew were all killed, weren't they? Suppose they were. What do you care? You're as nervous as an old woman. She'd never rung you in on this job. I'm all right, really, I am, Joe. Listen, uh, what are you going to do with your hundred thousand? I'm heading for the big town. Gonna have one swell time. Gonna buy new clothes, stay at the best hotel in town, till they cut loose. Meet me in New York, I'll show you a real time. Where are you gonna stay? Mrs. Miller's boarding house. It's over on the west side. You can find it in the phone book. Mm-hmm. I'm just staying there till I can buy some real classy duds, and I'm moving to Park Avenue. Always had a yen to live in Park Avenue. Now I'm gonna see what it's like. Yeah, sounds all right. Maybe, uh... Joe, look out that train! What'd you do that for? Why'd you grab the brake? You stalled us right here in the middle of a railroad crossing. I had to, Joe. The train on the track there in front of us, we almost ran into it. What are you talking about? There wasn't any train on that track? But there was, running without lights and not making a sound. You're crazy. I tell you, there wasn't anything in sight, not even a handcar. But I saw it, Joe. I heard of a train running without lights. That proved you're crazy. Well, maybe it was an empty. But if I hadn't stopped the car, we'd have smashed into the side of it. Uh... Mind to suck you one. Now we're stalling the railroad track, and the car won't start. I'll get out and push. Joe, look! A headlight! A real train this time, coming around the bend. It's about 200 yards off. Joe, it's gonna hit us. We gotta jump. Yeah, but this door won't open. It's stuck. Come on out this side. Come on, I got the bag. Oh, my coat's caught in the car door. I'm stuck. Help me! I can't, Joe. Jump! Jump! Help me, Tom. Help! Help me! Mister, mister, you all right? Yeah. Yeah, I'm all right. But my uh, friend, he must have been killed. Yes, he sure was. So when do you get away? Look at your car. Yeah. There's pieces of it spread a quarter mile up the track. Whatever made you stop right there on the crossing? Car stall. Who are you? I- I'm the crossing watchman. Watchman? Why weren't you on duty? Why didn't you signal there was a train coming? Because I didn't know it, mister. That was the wrecking train taking doctors down to Mineville. It was unscheduled. Oh, I see. What about the other train, the one that went past going east just before the wrecking train hit us? Other train? Yeah. Well, no other train due through here till 6 a.m. this morning. I saw it, I tell you, traveling without lights. No train ever travels without lights. It's against the law. Say, are you drunk? No, no, I'm not. Where are you going? Listen, I got a, a report to make on this. You got to fill out a form. Forget it. I'm not interested. Get away from here. I'm going to New York. Late the next afternoon, Tom Henderson reached New York. Not knowing where else to go, he hunted in the phone book for Mrs. Miller's boarding house that Joe Malone had mentioned and went there. Mrs. Miller gave him a room on the top floor. And there he carefully locked in the closet the precious handbag that held $200,000. All of it his since Joe's unfortunate death. After that, Tom went out to see New York's nightclubs. He got back after midnight, feeling considerably more cheerful. As he was about to unlock his door, Mrs. Miller appeared in the hall. Oh, Mr. Henderson. Oh, Oh, yeah, Mrs. Miller. I was waiting for you, Mr. Henderson. Huh? It's turned so cool that I lit the gas heater in your room. Well, 
Thanks a lot. I just wanted to warn you that... What was that? What was what, Miss Anderson? That, that whistle just now, what was it? A boat out in the river? Oh, that was a freight train, Mr. Henderson. Freight train? Here in the heart of New York? Well, yes. They come down the west side elevated tracks to the freight yard downtown. They run past just a few yards down the street. I didn't know that. I wouldn't have come here if I had. Oh, I'm sure they won't bother you, Mr. Henderson. Really, they won't. Well, good night. Good night. Oh, Badlax. She's sure they won't bother me. It's too late to find someplace else where I'd leave here right now. I'll close the window. I'll keep the sound out. Anyway, suppose I can hear a train or two. But I'm going to hear them do me. I'm going to go to sleep and forget it. Yeah, forget it. I've got 200,000 bucks in my whole life ahead of me. <laughs> Should let an old coot like that boomer worry me. Joe's getting killed by a train was just an accident. Could happen to anybody. Me? I'm alive. Tomorrow, I'm going to start enjoying it plenty. We're leaving in one millionth of a second, and we've got to be on time. Boomer, it's you. That's right, son. You've got to wake up and get aboard. We're pulling out. Well, I'm at a railroad station someplace, but everything's so misty, I can't see much. No time for talking, son. Got to get aboard. But I'm the only passenger, except for you and me, there isn't another soul in sight. And you're wearing a conductor's uniform. They promoted me. Now, come on, get aboard. I don't want to. I don't like trains. I don't want to go anyplace. Can't help it. This is a special trip just for you. And you got to be aboard. Come on now, up those steps. I... That's it. Now we're off right on time to the millionth of a second. Where are we going? What train is this? It's completely empty except for me and you. That's right, son. It's a thousand-car train pulled by 30 engines. And you and me are the only ones aboard. Where are we going? What what train is this, anyway? It's the judgment special, son. And we're bound from this world to the next. No. No! Yeah, or any place this tracks the judgment special goes. We stopped right outside your window and took you aboard. I don't want to die. I don't want to. You haven't any choice, son. You're on the judgment special and we're hitting a million miles a minute now. What? Look out the window. There's the earth way down below us. See it? Yeah. But I don't want to leave it. I don't want to go. Look at the stars flash by. We're gone a million miles a minute and it'll take us all eternity to get there. Yep. Here, I'll put the wind up so you can see better. There you are, son. There's the earth we left. That tiny little dot of light way up in the sky. Oh, I won't go with it. 
I won't. Hey, I won't. what are you doing? Get down. I can't jump out that window. We're going a million miles a minute. I won't jump. I'm not going with you. Come back. Come back. Mr. Henderson, wake up. Wake up. What is it? Oh, what is it? Oh, Mr. Henderson, thank heaven you're still alive. I I thought you were dead for sure. What What happened? Well, you closed your window. I meant to warn you that with the gas heater on, you must leave it open. Well, you almost suffocated in your sleep. I... I almost suffocated? Yes. If I hadn't heard you trying to get your breath and hurried in and opened your window, you'd have been dead now for sure. The rest of the night, Tom Henderson spent sitting on a bench in the nearest park, shivering at the nearness of his escape. The next day, he bought himself an expensive wardrobe. Then he checked into the biggest hotel on Park Avenue. There, 40 floors above the street, he was quite sure he wouldn't be bothered by hearing trains or having curious dreams about them. Especially as, just before he retired, he he took his sleeping tablet... Yeah, I'll fix it. No dreams for me tonight. Yeah, some layout. So this is what you can enjoy when you have money. And I'm going to enjoy it. I've been letting my nerves get the better of me. Not anymore. Feel better already. So it goes the light. I'm going to sleep like a millionaire. Yes, just like a millionaire. And so Tom fell asleep. But unfortunately, he did dream. And he knew he was dreaming, but he couldn't wake up. It was a very curious dream indeed. He dreamed that he got up and dressed, rode down in the elevator, that he walked out into Park Avenue, and there, down the street, he found a tiny door which he entered. It led down a flight of steep iron stairs to a dark tunnel far beneath the ground. There in the tunnel, a man was waiting for him. The man turned, and he saw it was his former pal, Joe Malone. Hello, Tom. Joe. Joe, it's you. Yeah. I've been waiting for you, Tom. But... But you're dead. I saw you killed. Maybe I'm dead. Maybe I'm not. You're dead. I know it. It's just a dream. I gotta wake up. I can't wake up. Don't you understand? You're never gonna wake up. I will. No, Tom. Now, come along with me. I'm here to guide you. Where? Where are you taking me? Down this tunnel. See how it stretches out? On and on. Now, it keeps going down and down. No. Where do you think it goes to? I don't know. I don't... I don't want to know. Come on now, Tom. I can't wait all night. No, I won't go. I'm going to wake up. You can't, Tom. The night I was killed, you saw the judgment special. Now you can never get away from it. It's not true. This is... It's the dream. I'm safe in my own bed in the hotel. And you refuse to come with me? Yes, I do. I refuse. Listen, Tom. Listen to what? I don't hear anything. Listen. It's closer now. You hear that? That's the judgment special, Tom. Coming through this tunnel. Train... It's a train coming. Where are you going to go? You're in a tunnel, Tom, and no way out. It's it's just a dream. It can't hurt me. It's coming closer, Tom. It's coming closer. It's only a dream. I got to wake up. Wake up. Wake up. Wake up. Wake up. Wake up, mister. 
Thank heavens I'm awake. I'd say not any too soon either. But... I... Who are you? So dark and... Carrying a lantern. Who am I, mister? I'm a track walker. Track walker? What do you mean? I mean that I inspect the track here under Park Avenue. What? How did I get here? Why, mister, a minute ago I found you walking in your sleep, your eyes tight closed down this tunnel right under Park Avenue. Park Avenue? If I hadn't met you, you never would open your eyes again, because number ten is due along here in three minutes. Then... Then it wasn't a dream. I... I really am in a railroad tunnel. Yes, I am. I'll say you are. How you got here, I don't know, unless you came down one of the inspection doors from the street, but... Brother, if this walking in your sleep is something you do often, take my advice and see a doctor. But Tom didn't go to a doctor, so he knew what a doctor would say. That it was his nerves, his guilty conscience. Now Tom felt he had to get away. Far away to a place where there were no trains to haunt him. At dawn, he bought a ticket on the first plane leaving for Canada. That afternoon, he found himself in a tiny town deep in the heart of Canada. There he hired a French-Canadian guide to take him by canoe far into the woods, away from any trace of civilization. Late that night, they arrived at the cabin where the guide lived with his wife. Tom unpacked his suitcase and joined the guide and his wife on the porch. For the first time since the wrecking of the mine train, Tom felt at peace. Oh, this is something like it. It is peaceful, is it not, monsieur? Yeah. Ah, monsieur's nerves are better already. Yes, this is what I need. Uh, how far is it to the nearest railroad? It is 80 miles, monsieur. 80 miles. Old Boomer said it traveled anywhere there were tracks. 80 miles ought to be enough. Pardon? I do not understand. Oh, never mind. Uh, I've got to get some sleep now. Of course. Good night, monsieur. Good night, monsieur. What was that? Uh, what was what, monsieur? That... That whistle, then. It sounded like a train whistle. Impossible. It must have been an owl. Yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, sorry, I bothered you. Good night. Tom entered his room and went to bed. But he could not sleep. He tossed and turned and at last got up and dressed. Oh, the moon is bright. I'll take a little walk. i got to calm myself down. It's... Nothing to worry about now, not a thing. Out here in the wilds, I'm safe. Perfectly safe. Tom left the cabin and entered the woods. They pressed thick around him. But an open passageway through the trees attracted Tom. He started down it, the moonlight illuminating his way. He paused and made a startling discovery. Well, I'm walking on old railroad ties. And there are tracks here, all rusted and loose. But the guide said there wasn't a railroad closer than 80 miles. He lied to me. He tricked me. A train. There's a train coming. It's coming toward me. There's a headlight. I gotta run. 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 Marie. Marie. Qu'est-ce que c'est que ça, Pierre? The nearest one. He's not in the cabin. He has wandered off into the woods. Oh, that is strange. We must go after him. Hurry, before he does himself an injury. It's still behind me. 
still following me. I, I can't. I can't run anymore. I can't. I can't go any further. I gotta stop. I gotta stop. That judgment special, son. It runs any place there's tracks, and it follows you till it gets you. Because murder in a train is like murder in a man. You've got to pay for it. You think I'm crazy, but you'll see. Here it comes, son. No! No! He cannot be far now, Marie. See his footprints. Ah, he was running for half a mile. He would do himself harm running so hard on his darkness. Look, Pierre. Voila. Yes, it is the nervous one. We have found him. He's lying face down. Wait, I will turn him over. Pierre, he lies so still. Has he done himself an injury? No, Marie. There is not a mark on him. Yet his face, it is twisted with fear. Pierre, is he... Is he dead? Yes, Marie, he is dead. His heart, he killed himself by running, no doubt. But what was it he ran away from? There is nothing dangerous in these woods. Mysterious traveler again. Poor Tom. The tracks he found himself on led to an abandoned logging camp. They hadn't been used in 20 years, and no train could possibly have run on them. Uh, except a ghost train. But of course, none of us believes in ghosts, so we just have to accept the coroner's verdict, which was heart failure induced by overexertion. Just the same... If you ever see a train running without lights and going faster than the wind, don't be too sure it's only your imagination. And next time you hear a distant, mournful whistle in the night, you... Oh, all this talk about trains is making you nervous, and you have to get off here. I'm sorry. But I'm sure we'll meet again. Shall we say next week at the same time? You have just heard The Mysterious Traveler, a series of dramas of the strange and terrifying. In today's cast were Maurice Tarplin, James McCallion, Joe Julian, Bryna Rayburn, and Cameron Andrews. Original music was played by Charles Paul. Mysterious Traveler is written, produced, and directed by Bob Arthur and David Cogan. Listen next week to a tale titled... The Man the Insects Hated. Another strange and shivery tale of the mysterious traveler.
mysterious traveler has come to you from our New York studios. Carl Caruso speaking. This is the Mutual Broadcasting System. That was the Ghost Locomotive from the Mysterious Traveler here on the Mysterious Old Radio Listening Society podcast. Once again, I'm Eric. I'm Tim. And I'm Joshua. And that is a Christmas present to me from Tim. Yay. Thanks, Tim. Yay. Tim sent uh, out, and we, uh, Joshua's your gift is next week. Is yes. that correct? Yes. So we, Tim sends them, and great. This is my Christmas present. I don't even look at like the MP3 title. Right, I just I hit play. MP3 title, Eric's gift. Oh, good. So I didn't even read that. I don't read anything you guys send me. Good. So uh, <laughs> I hit play, and I'm like, oh, what did I get? And oh, Mysterious Traveler, which I'm already on board with. You'll laugh, because I know exactly why you gave me this. Yes. <laughs> I said, that's great, because at the very least, I get some train. <laughs> <laughs> if it's Mysterious Traveler, I get a little train. And then it starts, and now here is the big reveal for you. I have been trying to get through this exact episode (laughs) for six years because every time I go, oh, I got to listen to this, Uh, I might bring it to the podcast, I fall asleep. I have never heard what's happened after that train gets blown up, ever. I start falling asleep when Boomer, Boozer, Booger gets <laughs> You're right shot. the first time. <laughs> Boomer. Boomer. That's his full name, Boomer Booger Buzzer. <laughs> well, he gets shot, right? He gets shot and he does his the longest death soliloquy ever. Yeah, they have to shoot him twice because he won't <laughs> shut up. <laughs> right? He's like, wait, there's more exposition. <laughs> and, and then I go, oh, stay awake, stay awake, stay awake. And I think the last thing I've... And the 900 times I've tried is I hear the train explosion. So I listened to the whole thing, you know, for the first time. I got through the whole thing. And wow, that goes places I never guessed it was going to go. I didn't know we were going to end up in New York and the woods of Canada. I had, you know, I just thought that whole thing was going to take place out uh, wherever they were with a bunch of hobos. I thought, <laughs> yeah, that's not an unreasonable guess. Of... <laughs> Now that we have this train explosion out of the way, let's get to the story. Right, right. It is strange, though, that the train explosion is the part that just finally puts you to sleep. Right. <laughs> right. Soothing sounds <laughs> of a natural disaster. Not natural disaster, but... I will say that thank you so much for my Christmas present oh, because good. that was a lot of train. A whole lot of trains. That was the, the simple, like, I want a lot of train for Eric. Just looking <laughs> right. for lots of, what's a lot of train? There's a whole lot of train in the this. The best part of the train sounds in here is the somewhat irregular opening that the Mysterious Traveler uses to narrate us through the life of a train. It's yes. like a guided meditation specifically for <laughs> Eric. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Focusing on old-time radio train sounds. Um, yeah. And he talks about how they're vital and fast and gets a little sexual, though. <laughs> moving through the opening mouth of the tunnel. And <laughs> I was going to ask about that. I haven't listened to a whole lot of Mysterious Traveler, but that was unique to this mm-hmm. episode, right? Yeah, I thought this might have been... Sounds like an early mysterious traveler I'm not used to, but it's not necessarily, not really. I yeah. think its narrative purpose for this episode was to set up the vitality and life force of, of a, a train, train so yeah. that we could better believe it would have a afterlife. Right. 
but it was gorgeous. Mm -hmm. That whole description at the beginning, I just want that to be my ringtone. (laughs) (laughs) I also liked the the weird organ music for the Heavenly Train. Mm -hmm. Yes. I loved that. And then the weird dream sequence of we got 30 engines pulling a thousand cars going a million miles a second and we're traveling for eternity. There's the weird poetry slash pseudoscience of that. <laughs> it felt like something out of Revelation. Only with trains. <laughs> yes. right. Only. I was going to say Arch Obler, but uh, we're not that far off from each other. <laughs> right. So, yeah, it was a lot like a Bon Voyage again. It is yes. a, a vehicle that takes you to your uh, just rewards. Right. I think in general... The story is is pretty run-of-the-mill. I've done something wrong, and there is supernatural uh, retribution coming your way. Uh, I also think that you gave this to me because you know exactly that I love that simplicity. (laughs) (laughs) I I have been hoping to find some perfect action train storyline, and when I couldn't find the exact one I was looking for, it came down to, do I want... You know, a straightforward story of trains or to find some something that plot-wise be more to your liking. And I said, I want the trains. Yeah. Just <laughs> lots and the, the, lots of trains. But this also, it, I love it plot-wise because, you know, I, I like complicated and I got to think and, oh, that's thought-provoking. That's great. But there's also a lot of st- times I just, could I just have something wash over me? You know, <laughs> there's a reason I watch Law and Order constantly. It's not so much that, wow, this is riveting this is easy yeah this is comforting it's comforting and so this plot line was uh, predictable yet awesome and i will say i did have a hard time at one point differentiating between the two men at the beginning Mm -hmm. like who's who so i didn't quite understand who had gotten killed the uh (laughs) the go get him guy or the hesitant guy it was the hesitant guy right Right. because of course he's the guy who who had second thoughts so he's the one who deserves torture right exactly (laughs) it's a very mysterious traveler sort of sadistic that uh, was gonna be my point is that that's what i don't agree with the go get him guy should be the guy that lives so that hesitant guy thanks Thanks. Now I'm going to haunt you and your dreams and bring you to your death. So that was a weird choice. It was interesting that it's because the uh, the hesitant guy, I'm sure they have names. Nope. Uh, <laughs> I think it's Tom, the One guy is who Tom. lived, and the other guy's Joe. Is Whether he just believed in it more, was more in touch with it, is the one who saw the ghost train uh, that caused him to stall out on the tracks. Right. Um, yeah, so perhaps his guilt allowed him to... Yeah, but see the, the punishment. Then the more? oblivious guy who did not see this train, Joe, we'll call him Joe, died because he supernaturally his door wouldn't open and his coat got stuck on a something. Or not supernaturally. <laughs> yes. They, that is the twist that isn't much of a twist, but it is the twist of the story that right. after it's all over, you go backwards and go, oh, okay, every one of these occurrences may have just happened naturally and it has just been. Tom's guilt that made him see and hear these things and dream these things, which is another reason to have the guy with a guilty conscience be the guy who lives, because that works with the twist. It also potentially makes him more of a sympathetic character. Uh, Like, if he had died and Joe lived, then we wouldn't care much (laughs) about what happened. I'm going to go spend all this money. Listen to me spend money. (laughs) Listen to me spend money. (laughs) I like that Tom puts on the Joe character eventually and goes, well, okay, well, maybe Joe had the right idea. I'm just going to live it up. I'm going to stop feeling bad. I'm going to sleep like a millionaire, he says. <laughs> mm-hmm. And 
that doesn't work out for him. Either. Yeah, no. well, it's also he didn't have a plan. He just takes Joe's plan of, mm-hmm. I'm going to go to New York and do what Joe would have done. Yeah, I guess performance-wise, I thought it was okay, and plot-wise, it was just fine. Here's the deal. I'm just going to tell you. Had a lot of trains in it. That's the best part of this whole thing. That's It, it was fun to hear the actual characters within the story make the comments that we've made about the effect of a train whistle. Because yes. Boomer comes yeah. out and says, oh, you hear that? It's just this mournful sound yes. of a train whistle. There's nothing like it, right. boys. I was like, Boomer is Eric. Yes. You've <laughs> seen like, Eric's future. I, He's going to be killed under a train bridge. <laughs> I would love to be a hobo. But not just a hobo, king, king of the hobos. Of the hobos. So right. much so that they knew yes. him on sight. Yeah, yeah. Uh, also apparently conductor of the Exposition Express. <laughs> <laughs> the guy could talk. <laughs> they had to kill him twice. Yeah. <laughs> I do like the idea that we have ghost trains, we have the Heavenly Express, we have the Judgment Special. There is this entire pantheon of mm. supernatural locomotives that all have jobs. <laughs> I am totally on board with the idea that the like the iron rails are the circulatory system of the nation and it is a spiritual ley lines kind of thing. I, I be- I'm in tune with it. Yeah, there's like an agnostic caboose that just <laughs> hangs onto the back. It's like, I'm not sure about any of this, but okay. <laughs> I wonder if there really is a dog. <laughs> Dyslexic caboose. Oh. <laughs> That's funnier in my head. <laughs> I like the idea also of him, okay, if I go to the middle of nowhere, right, and and get away from it all, you find yourself rooting for him at that. We all know he's not going to, though. The way this is structured, this is a downfall of the structure of how the story is told. There's nothing to make us believe that anything else is going to happen other than what happens. And we're just waiting for it to happen again. Brecht, right? We know (laughs) they they didn't tell us, but at the beginning, but we know, and I wish, you know how much I love a twist. I just wish they would have, something would have happened. Like, well, I lived happily ever after in the North woods within this structure is how the train eventually gets him. It's not a twist, but that's the surprise. And that's where it falters a little because it's disused railroad tracks. I mean, I don't know if it's like a a moose driving a train because it's Canada. (laughs) I don't know. I can't think of what the surprise would be, but I think that's where it (laughs) faltered a little. Hold on. That's perfect. (laughs) Is that a moose driving the train? And then... (laughs) Mysterious traveler here. Hmm. Maybe a crossover. The Wendigo gets him after he's been worried about the train. No, you had it right. Don't move. The moose is driving the train. Please tell me that I got this right, that uh, he died from scaring himself to death. Or the train ran him over. Took his soul. But the medical verdict was that right. a heart attack. He ran himself to death. <laughs> but yeah, there is that game in the narrative of what counts as a train track. Subways count, clearly. Old abandoned mine things do. And it's not a complaint, you know? There's nothing about this that makes me go, oh, I can't listen another second of this, right? <laughs> yeah. And there's nothing about it that makes me go, wow, brilliant. It just, again, it's just pablum. It's just yeah. super easy uh, to listen to. Structurally, it works really well. Yes, that final death could have been uh, more inventive, but we go from this 
terrible flop house where if you close the window you will suffocate from <laughs> right? gas leak um, to you know the height of luxury at Park Avenue and both places he is almost killed right um, and then so he's tried the full spectrum of urban life which leaves him nowhere else to go but uh, the mm-hmm. wilds of Canada so structurally I think that's kind of yeah. nice it's just missing the moose at the end <laughs> <laughs> driving a train hey yeah i think that that should be on your priority if you own that house those rooms yeah by the way do not close the window oh did i forget to tell you yeah. about the imminent death if you close your window that really needs it's, to be a string tied to her finger <laughs> it's just one of her nightly routines to check if the tenants are dead <laughs> How many has she lost because she forgot? Uh, the other funny bit was how the uh, French Canadians could not remember Tom's name. So they yeah. just kept calling him the nervous one. <laughs> well, what do we call him? The hesitant one. <laughs> We're no better than the French Canadians. Yeah, we can't remember his name either. Tom's a really hard name to remember. <laughs> it is when it's generic like that. A buddy of mine lived in uh, Chicago. Uh, in his youth, much younger, and his first apartment when I went to go visit him, the flop house and all this reminded me of this is what I was picturing. It is this crappy little studio, right? But his window, it literally was 10 feet from the L. <laughs> and he was on the third floor, so he, you know, and it went right by his window every wow. 15 seconds or whatever that thing wow. runs. And I look around and he goes, yeah, you know, it's cheap, <laughs> but I'm across from Comi- uh, Wrigley Field. But I looked around and I said, yeah, nothing on the walls. He goes, oh, no, 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 you can't keep nothing on the walls. <laughs> you can't Rattle keep- off the walls. <laughs> huh? goes, Everything was on the floor because it, it took me about a day to realize <laughs> nothing stays on the walls. You know, I, I have the same problem with falling asleep to the sounds of trains or, or things like that. So if I were in that apartment, I'd be asleep all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Wake up and then 15 seconds later, go. <laughs> well, what other uh, thoughts do we have on this, boys? Nothing? Trains. Trains. <laughs> I'd like that the train screamed it's death. I, I thought oh, that yeah. was poetic and, and interesting and a, a nice take. And I also do like the idea of giving the train life and a soul. And I mean, it gets a little goofy, you know, mm-hmm. like Joshua said, they all have jobs. <laughs> <laughs> Afterlife trains. There's a, They're like Smurfs. There's a handy train. Train. Train at. Carga train. Is that train wearing a dress? <laughs> <laughs> Don't judge. No, no, no. Don't judge you. It looks good in a dress. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, since it's my Christmas present, I'll vote first. All right. Thank you. Aww. Merry Christmas, Tim. Merry Christmas. I loved it for all of the reasons I stated before. It was easy and nice and fun and had a lot of train noises. The description of the train was worth listening to from the traveler. So, yeah, you gave me a nice, warm, what do they call that, uh, like Norway and all the higgy? You getting higgy or something like that? That's a, a hickey? A, no, no, higgy. Someone out there. I don't, Tim just gave Eric a hickey. I'm so confused. Merry it's Christmas. A, it's a word. 
during the winter months, it's a word that describes coziness, and it's called. You look wow. it up. Everybody look it up, and I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right, but that's what this feels like. You just gave me a nice little uh, higgy, little cozy gonna, radio, a little cozy radio. I'm gonna look <laughs> it up while you're voting. <laughs> Um, I, I'm going to probably be uh, in the same boat there. This is not a classic. This is does not have high aspirations of being a earth shaking story, but it 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 does Higgy really well. <laughs> <laughs> you think I'm lying? Well, I will vote while Eric continues to look this up. I am. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to undersell this episode because it is great old time radio. Particularly, I think its merits can be found in the soundscape. And that's Mm -hmm. one of the strengths of Mysterious Traveler. We said, obviously, the train over and over again. But there's a great variety of train sounds. And everything's very distinct. whole language, yeah. Yeah, and there are explosions. And even the choices of voice actors from, you know, the old-timey hobo voice to, you know, French Canadians. There's just a great variety of sound throughout it that is just, it adds to that Higgy effect. <laughs> H-Y-G-G-E. It's pronounced. Let's see if we can get this to play. Huga. 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 A quality of coziness that engenders a feeling of contentment or well-being. It's Danish, and it is uh, something that they do over the holidays. So giving people books and candles and low lights and blankets is a big part of their holiday tradition to make them feel huga. <laughs> Coziness. So that's what this felt oh, like. Excellent. Happy huga. Look at that. My Christmas present to you is learning you that. It's a great word. <laughs> Thanks, Denmark. <laughs> Tim, tell them stuff. Please go visit ghoulishdelights.com, home of this podcast. You'll find plenty of other episodes there. You can leave comments on episodes. You can vote in polls. Let us know what you think. You can send us messages. If you have episodes you want to request, we'll put them on our list. You can link to our merch page uh, at our Threadless store and go there and buy Mysterious Old Radio merchandise. Or you can sign up to support us through Patreon. Yes, go to patreon.com slash the morals. And it is the holiday season. So you know what makes a great gift of Huga? You can buy somebody a year-long membership or a five-year membership to the Mysterious Old Radio Listening Society. Or treat yourself to a little Huga. Uh, hooga. Tex Avery made that word. <laughs> Almost sounds like a train. The Mysterious Old Radio Listening Society also performs radio audio drama live on stage. We do recreations of classic radio shows and a lot of our own original work. If you want to check us out and come see us live, uh, just go to ghoulishdelights.com to see our schedule or mysteriousoldradiolistingsociety.com to see our schedule of where we're performing next and what we are performing. We'd love to see you there. And if you can't be in that particular part of the world... We do offer live stream ticket purchasing options. All right. Well, what's coming up next? Coming up next is Joshua's gift that I shall not reveal until next week. So I will leave you in suspense. (laughs) It's not suspense. (laughs) Until then. Oh, all this talk about trains is making you nervous and you have to get off here. I'm sorry. But I'm sure we'll meet again. Shall we say next week? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
at the same time. <laughs> 